Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right. Beamaz and Beamer here. It is 909 on WBEN, and we're jumping right into it. We're going to be talking about the Josh Allen comments on the vaccine that, for some reason, everybody's talking. I I still don't. uh, Everyone has to have a take on social media. I still don't quite get it, but we're going to be talking about that uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But first, Joe... We're uh, getting a look at what's going on up north because things have been changing over there. Yeah, you know, as here in the United States, we are going back to a sense of normality, right? We're going to sporting events. You turn on a baseball game. There's fans in the stands. Canada seems to be going in the other direction, heading towards a fourth major shutdown. And joining us from the Toronto Sun is Brian Lilly. Brian, good morning. Uh, Good morning, gents. It's... uh... It's an amazing day. I was just hearing your weather forecast, and it's an amazing day here in Toronto as well. You know, we're just about 50 miles uh, west of, or east of you, and um, I'm glad it's like that because today is the first day of our new lockdown. A new lockdown. I, can you explain what lockdown means? Because I, lockdown, that term over the last year, has meant something different to just about everybody. I think there's a lot of people here in our area that thinks uh, New York State's restrictions are, are pretty strict. But then you look at what's happening in Canada and you might reconsider if you're calling it a, a lockdown or not. W- what is the picture? What does this new lockdown mean? Well, it all depends on where you are. So here in Ontario, you know, like we do it by provinces the way you do it by states. And so um, different areas, like our, our Atlantic provinces, you know, New Brunswick down by Maine, it's just about wide open. Uh, Nova Scotia, they've got, uh, I've got a, a friend with a son at university down there. He goes out on pub nights like uh, students are wont to do, go out for a few brews with their friends. But in Ontario, where our case numbers are headed in the wrong direction and uh, we're dealing with the variant, uh, the, the same UK variant that's hitting New York State right now, uh, our premier has decided that uh, we've got to shut down all restaurants and bars. I mean, they were only open in, t- in the Toronto area for uh, outdoor dining. You guys have had indoor dining again for, what, uh, a couple of months now? Yeah, it's been a while. It was open over the summer, shut down, and it's been a while since we've uh, had it up and running. Yeah, so, I mean, we keep a close eye on what you guys are doing because we're like, hey, they're next door. Their numbers are actually worse than ours. Why are you locking us down? But, you know, the provincial government here says uh, no haircuts. So I haven't had a haircut in forever. Um, I don't know if you watch Raptors basketball, but uh, Lewiston's own Jack Armstrong, uh, who does the uh, the color commentary for the Raptors, he's um, uh, he's got a mullet rocking right now. Love it. Up here, and he hasn't been able to get a haircut. Uh so barbers, nail salons, uh, retail was open until yesterday with limited capacity. That's shut now. So the only retail allowed open are groceries, 
pharmacies. Now, if it's a big box store like a Costco or a Walmart uh, super center, they can open, but they can only sell those items. So they they got to rope off their um, uh, their clothing section, their electronics section. Um, you can sell gardening supplies, but other than food and, and pharmaceuticals, that's it. So it, this is the strictest lockdown that we've ever had. Now, you talk about case numbers. What are Ontario's case numbers compared to New Brunswick, compared to New York State? Uh, well, we've been having uh, about um, 3,000 a day. Uh, with a population of about 14.7 million. So uh, we're just below you guys in terms of uh, statewide. Last time I looked, my problem with the CDC's uh, information on COVID tracker is that they separate New York City from New York State, which I don't understand, uh, other than it makes the rest of the state look better. But I know that, you know, in western New York and in the Buffalo area, you're not having the same numbers. But uh, we're at about... uh, 3,000 cases a day, about 125 uh, per 100,000. So just pulling up the numbers, um, cases uh, per 100,000 in the last seven days for for the areas of New York outside of uh, New York City, you guys are are twice ours. You're at 244 per 100,000. We're in the 120s, and we're having everything shut down. So... There's a few things at at work here. One, I think politics. Obviously, Governor Cuomo has other issues, and he's trying to curry favor with uh, the public as he deals with those those other issues. Two, there's a bit more acceptance of risk, I think, in the United States. These policies have so far been very popular with the the population, with as many as two-thirds saying, yes, please, lock us down more. Um, I don't understand it. You know, I was going to ask you about that and how um, the this is going over in the general public. Now, obviously, with nothing open like you just described, it's kind of hard to get what the vibe is around uh, Toronto or around other areas of Ontario. But you mentioned this is yet another lockdown. This is the strictest lockdown the area's had. I Are people not saying, you know, if we're doing this yet again, Clearly, something isn't working. Um, how is this uh, just kind of going amidst the people? You mentioned some poll numbers. Is that the best way you can know? It really is, although I, you know, I think that this lockdown may change things. I'm, I'm hoping it will and that people will get upset. But you know, another major difference between where we are and where you are is in, in terms of vaccinations. Our government, uh, federal, so it. You know, it's very much the same. Our federal government was in charge of securing the supply of vaccines, just like the you know the Biden administration or the Trump administration before that. They were in charge of making sure America had doses and the states delivered them. It's the same here. So our federal government didn't secure adequate supply. Uh, we are at about 14 percent of the population getting at least one shot. Uh, we are 59th in the world. Canada is a G7 country. You know, you go to the, there's a website called Our World and Data uh, that takes all the publicly available data and compares countries on a per capita basis. And Canada is a G7 country, a top 10 economy in the world. Um, and we're 59th in terms of a- administering vaccines to our population. That is deplorable. But for whatever reason, our prime minister uh, remains 
personally very popular, and and I think he would get reelected. He's in a, a minority government situation, meaning he doesn't have enough power to stay in. He has to rely on other people's votes. And if we had an election tomorrow, he'd be elected prime minister again, despite the fact that we're in this situation because you guys have vaccines and are vaccinating at more than twice the rate than we are. Um, you know, I was writing about the, uh, the Texas Rangers home opener the other day because the Blue Jays were the uh, uh, the visiting team. After taking two out of three from New York, they went to uh, to, to Texas and did uh, did pretty well there. But 40,000 people in the stands, we can't even have the Jays play a game here. Right. And, you know, when we closed the border uh, back in March 2020, I think a lot of Canadians were, were saying, oh, yes, close the border, because you guys were having a really hard time with COVID, way more cases than we were, and people thought, oh, keep that out. We don't want that there. But the CDC has, has increased their warning on Americans coming to Canada now because we're in a worse situation. We're about to pass, surpass you on cases uh, per million. We're, we're in a horrible situation because you guys have the vaccines. We do not have vaccines. Our, our, our federal government under Justin Trudeau has failed us on that, and we're living with the consequences. And, and so I think if, if you were to ask Americans now, do you want the border to Canada open? They'd be like, no, you guys keep your COVID up there. Brian, let me ask you, when it comes to vaccines, which ones are approved in Canada and which has been the most popular? I'm guessing the most popular is the one you can get your hands on. Yeah, well, we've got one that uh, uh, you guys have not approved. So we've got Pfizer and Moderna, which are the two main ones in the United States, Um and uh, those are, there's no questions about their efficacy. Uh, but then uh, we've approved Johnson & Johnson, but as you know, there's a bit of manufacturing problems there. So even you guys haven't had a lot of J&J, uh, but it's starting to roll out. We're expecting J&J, once they work out their production problems in a couple of weeks, um, by the end of April, we'll be getting that. But we've been getting AstraZeneca which I think is a fine vaccine. Um, you know, I've got family in the UK that have all been vaccinated with that, and, and everybody is fine. But there have been a couple of studies saying, oh, wait, there's a risk of blood clots for women. And so our government's handled it really badly. We had two different federal health bodies filled with doctors and experts arguing over this vaccine. And when you've got that happening... The public sitting back and saying, well, wait a minute, one group of doctors says this is safe and take it. And the other group says this is dangerous. Um, so I think there's a bit of vaccine hesitancy around AstraZeneca, um, which is, is sad because we do want to, you know, I'm, I'm personally in favor of vaccines. I think they'll help us get back to normal. Uh, but when you've got one that we've got several million doses of and people are saying, um, I don't know, yeah. maybe I'll wait, that, that makes you worried. But. How you, you uh, mentioned the rising cases in Canada. I'm, I'm trying to still get a, a picture of how bad um, the spread of COVID really is throughout Ontario, and, and how these decisions are, are being made, and what data is kind of being used when they're you know uh, making the decision to go into this new lockdown that you were describing. Uh, a while ago, we were looking at. It seemed like a lot of the decisions were made off of projections and these models that come out. That you know sometimes these models were out that were they were wrong the day that they were put out. I remember one from uh, around St. Patrick's Day 
that was saying that at that time there should be, you know, 3,500 cases a day in the Ontario region. There wasn't. I, I mean, it came out on the exact day, and you can point to the line and say it's not that accurate. By that, you know, graph now, there should be like 10,000 uh, cases a day. How much uh, is put into these models that are kind of uh, put out, it seems like, on a monthly basis in uh, the Toronto and Ontario area? Uh, too much. And the models have at times been good and at times have been uh, horrible. In predicting case counts, they've been horrible. Um, in predicting a strain on the intensive care units, which is really a big part of what's driving this, they have definitely been more accurate. But let me say a word on that, on intensive care units, because that's that's a big driver behind this most recent shutdown. Now, we're a province of 14.7 million people, and our entire economy is being shut down because our public health care system can't handle 500 people with COVID in the intensive care units. I know that there's an ongoing debate about how uh, public versus private health care, I think there should be a mixed system up here. Um, I, I think that that would solve some of our problems, but our much vaunted public uh, single-payer health care system for a province of just shy of 15 million people is being shut down because of 500 people in the ICU. We don't have enough ICU beds. We are well below the Canadian average in Ontario. We are well below the North American average. Uh, I think you guys would, we've got about 14 ICU beds for every 100,000. You guys are north, uh, well north of 20 ICU beds per 100,000. You, you know, so you've more than 50% increase over us. That makes the difference in whether your healthcare system can sustain a surge in cases. And, you know, you guys are staying open while your rate per hundred, case rate per 100,000 is almost double ours. Has the ICU number issue been addressed by the federal government? I mean, obviously, that was an issue a year ago. Has there been any move to increase that over the last year? So they've increased general uh, beds. And, but the, the reason that they say they can't just increase um, ICU beds by you know hundreds and thousands is that to be an ICU doctor or an ICU nurse takes a lot of training. It, it's not something that you pick up in a month. Still, I, I think they could have done more to to deal with that in terms of saying, okay, we, we do have doctors that are not as busy. They can assist. Uh, same with nurses that are, are not as busy because other wards are, are not as busy or surgeries have been canceled. You may not be the, uh, you, maybe you're the top nurse or doctor in your department, you won't be in the ICU board, but you still have skills that you can bring under the tutelage of someone who's there. They haven't done that, and uh, and unfortunately, this is, is why we're going to be in the third lockdown. I think we're going to hopefully have a, a great debate about how our healthcare system is run and funded and and dealt with after uh, after we get through this. I mean, right now, all eyes are on COVID. It's hard to have a discussion about anything else. So let me get this straight. So it's going to be a four-week stay-at-home order, so a four-week lockdown, the third of its kind, and I'm sure the government is going to address vaccines in these four weeks. Is that the goal to get out of the lockdown? So a four-week lockdown, they're looking at higher vaccination numbers in four weeks? 
That's the hope. We've started to have supply show up. Um, you know, we uh, we had contracts with Pfizer and Moderna that were heavily back-ended, where a lot of the doses showed up right at the end of March. So we're still dealing with some of those doses, and we're getting more now. Uh, so, yeah, we are going to be getting a lot more doses than we had been in the first three months of this year. Uh, there is a, you know, our, our, our long-term care facilities, nursing homes, they're done. Our high-risk retirement homes are done. Uh, we're going down in age brackets uh, to hit the most vulnerable, and, and now they're starting to pivot towards, um, you know, workplaces where COVID is spreading a lot, like, uh, you know, food processing plants or an Amazon distribution center. These are places that have stayed open even during these lockdowns because people still need to eat. Food has to be on the shelf at the grocery store. Uh, COVID spreading there. And um, they're starting to pivot towards saying these workers have to become the next priority. I think that's a good move, and I think it's going to have a, a big impact. You know, our death rate is down tremendously just by looking after long-term care. Um, during the middle of the second wave in uh, mid-January, we were having 100 deaths a day. Um, now it's uh, between 8 and 15. Right. Well, that is, I mean, that's good. Hopefully you guys can uh, open up soon because everyone here misses you. We all miss going to Canada. We all miss going, if not in Toronto, just across the border at one of the beaches. And we're going to miss it this summer, too. And uh, it is a shame that it's not going to happen, it looks like, in the foreseeable future. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's Brian Lilly with the Toronto Sun columnist there talking about the picture in Canada. And, yeah, it's a rough one over there north of the border. You know, we're here talking about can we have a drink without food. In Canada, they just – can we go out and get a drink and food? Yeah, they're, um, it's not, not happening right now, at least in the Toronto area. Some different areas have different rules, but not looking good either for the return to Canada across the board. So that, you know – that cuts that out, right, Joe, for a summer vacation? Yes. I mean, there's no crossing the border for the foreseeable future. I mean, maybe maybe that changes this year. I, the more you hear out of what they're saying in Toronto, it doesn't look all that good. So now I got to look for something else. You know, as Brian said, you know, it, at the beginning, it was Canada saying, eh, we probably should close that border. Now it's the CDC saying, don't even fly into Canada if you're fully vaccinated. Well, so, and it's a... Another topic for another day. <laughs> but that's... It, it seems that the calls for the border to be closed originally came from Canada. Now it's the United States of America that are saying, yeah, let's keep the yeah. border closed. Well, it's now it's time to kind of figure out what else you're going to do with your summer. You can't go to Canada. I know. You Second gotta, summer in a row. I, I think, though, I figured out where I'm going to be headed I know where you're on going. my vacation. We are going to rebuild all 27 throughway service areas. Uh it's time they were redone at one period, uh, but it's time to redo them again. Uh, this helps motorists, New Yorkers, but it's also uh, a very big deal for tourism. Uh, and these, these service areas can be more than service areas. They can be tourism destination sites. Uh, and that's what we want to do. We don't want to just have them as uh, gasoline, fast food. How do we maximize that? potential uh, as a full service uh, and tourism center. We need a tourism destination, and that's kind of what I'm looking for to take my summer vacation. I want, like, the Taj Mahal of urinals. I want to buy the uh, Twizzler cherry bites 
in whatever quantity that I want. Um, you know, maybe the combos for the ride home, the pizza or cheddar cheese uh, filled combos, pretzel preferable than uh, crackers and that is going to be where i spend my summer vacation you know i thought having the self-playing piano was a nice touch down the road but brian i am fine to do a summer trip to the pembroke Thruway stop. I, I like that i'm thinking about going a little further maybe near the syracuse area but uh, i don't know if you're one of the people who uh, like the idea of redoing <laughs> all the rest stops please let me know but we uh, do want to talk about josh allen what he said about a COVID vaccine. We're going to play those clips for you coming up and uh, get your reaction. 803-0930 on WBEN. He was asked about vaccination, and he answered the question. You'll hear it, and we'll hear what you have to say. It's not. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 29. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back to Beamaz and Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Brian, yesterday on Twitter, Josh Allen was trending. He was. And I, uh, you know, the, my curiosity got the best of me. I had to take a look to see uh, what was going on. Thought it was like a cool highlight or something. Throwing the balls uh, in California, you know, going uh, going to some high school field and uh, making some highlights. No, that wasn't it. He was asked about the vaccine on the NFL Network, and we're we're gonna play you, you know, what he said uh, when he was asked about vaccinations. We're gonna be taking your comments on it as well. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. If you want to chime in on this, but I before I play this, I want to get to question number one that people have. Right. Question number one. Why was Josh Allen talking about the COVID vaccine in the first place? That's a great question. And, well, the answer is simple. He was asked. Oh. Right, what are you supposed to do? And that you, you're sitting down for an interview, you're on TV, and you're asked about it. I mean, what, you're, you have to answer it unless you just say, I'm not going to answer that question. Right. Which you, you kind of seem like a jerk. Well, yeah, in right the there. moment, that's a fair question. I'm going to give my fair opinion. I mean, I that is – and then the follow-up question to that is, well, why was he asked about it? I mean, does that <laughs> – is that – you know, why do are we asking anyone in the NFL about COVID vaccine and their thoughts on that? Really, the only the person place. that should be asked is the commissioner and what's the policy on COVID vaccinations. Well, see, I – I kind of would have thought about that, uh, thought that way in the first place. But then, you know, I'm thinking about this a little bit more. and I'm like, well, actually, it kind of is a fair question to the point because you have what you heard from the NFL. And that is that teams who have higher rates of vaccination might be able to do more things in the offseason together. So I guess, all right, on that level, it is a fair question with, you know, football related. And then I'm thinking about, you know, my own thoughts about this and that like well why do i care what josh allen has to say about the vaccine well because i don't want josh allen to miss a game with covid next year <laughs> that's a good point so that is like my main concern um when it comes to you know josh allen and a positive covid test and uh, getting the vaccine so that's where i start to think I, maybe it isn't as ridiculous 
of a question as I might have uh, thought it was in the first place. But here is the question, and here's Josh Allen's answer. Uh, you can weigh in at 803-0930. Have you been vaccinated? I have not. Are you interested in it? Are you eager to do it? I don't know. I'm still mm-hmm. uh, still debating that. And, um, you know, statistics, I'm a big statistics and logical guy. So if sure. statistics show that it's uh, the right thing for me to do, um, I'd do it. And, again, it, I'd go lean the other way, too, if it that's what it said. And um, I, I haven't been paying attention to it as much maybe as I should have. But um, I've just been doing my thing and masking up when I'm going out and, uh, you know, just staying close and, and hanging around the family. The league said they came out and said that vaccinations will not be mandatory for the season. They're not going to do that. What did you think when you heard that? Um, I think everybody should have that choice to to do it and not to do it. And um, you know, you get in this tricky situation now where if you do mandate that, that's kind of going against what the you know our constitution says and, and the freedom to kind of express yourself one way or the other. And uh, I think we're in a time where that's getting a lot harder to do. And uh, I don't know. Everybody should have that choice. Um, whether you think you, you should do it or you shouldn't do it, that's your own beliefs. And if you want to do it to protect you and your family, do it um, by all means. And again, if you're on the other side of the spectrum, too, um, I believe you should have that choice as well. So somehow this is a huge deal. These comments that I he from what I can tell is trying to give an answer that is as non-offensive to anybody <laughs> as you could possibly do. Uh, when kind of put on the spot and asked about a COVID vaccine, which I'm guessing he was not expecting when he sat down for the interview. No, I don't think he was thinking, okay, get this vaccine answer ready. Yeah, Um, so that's what you heard from there. And and again, he said, if statistics show it's the right thing to do, I'd do it. Now, not once did he say he's totally against getting the vaccine. Uh, Not once did he uh, say, I won't get the vaccine. You shouldn't get the vaccine. He's just kind of saying, well, right now I haven't got the vaccine and I really haven't thought too much about it because, well, let's see, first off, he's 24 years old. Right. So at that age, from what he's seen, I'm sure around the league and uh, around people he knows, he's not in that high risk age group. He's not in many cases. Now, I don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure he uh, spends his off season in California for a lot of the time. I don't think he's been eligible to get the COVID vaccine. Um, you know, to this point in California. So that wouldn't have been an option for him in the first place. And he's just saying that, you know, I don't know. What you know, What are you supposed to say when you're put in that situation? I think it's a very fair opinion. You know, I've been saying for since we've had a vaccine, hey, I went and got a vaccine. Brian went and got a vaccine. But that's not me telling people. I would encourage people to get the vaccine. But Josh Allen is saying what I think we as Americans, if I could throw that out there, we as Americans have the choice to do the research and look at it. And like Brian said, the man's not even eligible in California for that vaccine yet. He's just doing the research. He is not in a high-risk group. He's putting an opinion out there. And the fact that it was the third most trending thing on Twitter because Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills has an opinion that might not be the same as yours, you guys got to get a hobby. I'm sorry. You got to get a hobby. This this is trending on Twitter because Josh Allen said he's going to look at the science. He's going to look at research. And he, as 24 years old, is then going to make that decision. We all have the right 
to make that decision. It might not be the same decision as you, but it's a right that we have. Yeah, if he's in California, he's not eligible until April 15th, so he probably wasn't thinking. It's a moot point. Yeah, wasn't thinking about that too much. 803-0930 if you want to weigh in on this. I, I'm not sure what caused the firestorm. Uh, if he would have said... You know, yeah, I plan to get vaccinated. Um, you know, I, I think everyone should get vaccinated. My guess is this wouldn't have been a story because people on Twitter wouldn't have picked it up. They would have just right. said that was, uh, okay, that's the answer I wanted, and we go on too soon. And you have some people questioning kind of how he answered. So he said, you know, I'm, I'm big on statistics. If the statistics say that I should get the COVID vaccine, then, you know, I'll go ahead and do that. If not, then, you know, I, I don't know. I'll, I haven't made that decision yet. And you had some people saying that, well, that's that's irresponsible. That's, you know, come on, what, what statistics are you waiting on? Well, listen to this. This is out of the U.K. from this morning. The risk of blood clots may be statistically small, but nonetheless, those younger adults here will now be offered either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. Chief of the U.K. Regulation Agency, Dr. June Ray. The balance of benefits and risks is very favorable for older people but it is more finely balanced for the younger people. And we at the MHRA are advising that this evolving evidence should be taken into account. Data in Britain up to the end of March shows 19 deaths after the first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine out of more than 20 million administered. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. So that's out of the UK where they're now telling people, okay, you are allowed to get whatever vaccine that you can. But if you're under 30 years old, we're advising you maybe stay away from the AstraZeneca, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which, by the way, is not one of the vaccines available here in the U.S. And we heard a little bit on this talk with Brian Lilly uh, in the last half hour. But you heard from uh, right there, that's the U.K.'s drug regulator. That's an independent party. It's kind of like the FDA here in the U.S. And she was saying the they take into uh, consideration when they're making these recommendations the balance of benefits and risks. And for people who are older, and if you're in that older age group, it's clear that the benefit would outweigh any sort of risk associated with this, and specifically talking about that AstraZeneca vaccine. Now, it's not as clear when talking about the AstraZeneca for younger people, because of this blood clotting issue that they're still not 100% sure in who that you know presents, um, it, it is very rare, but they're still trying to get their head around it. So if you are younger, you might want to look for one of the vaccines that are available here in the U.S. But in, in Josh Allen's comments, and what I think is the part that you know some people took issue with, what he's saying is not far off of what people who are in the business of looking at these vaccines are saying that you have to take everything into consideration when your you know livelihood depends on the performance of your body you're putting something in your body right you're and again it all comes back to that risk reward and at his age COVID-19 most likely looking at statistics is not going to be fatal to Josh Allen now as Brian said it might sit him for a game or two but it's not going to be fatal for Josh Allen why take the risk if one of the vaccines gives you more of a risk than the vaccine himself. And to be fair, person personal opinion, I think everyone should be looking at the vaccines the way Josh Allen is looking at the vaccines, right? You should be weighing your options. Here in the United States, we have three options. You should be looking at the statistics, looking at your age, looking at what the risk of the virus 
versus the risk of the vaccine. I think that's a responsible decision in the fact that thousands of people had to give their opinion on Twitter and say whatever Josh Allen said is uh, awful for the Buffalo community and people shouldn't listen to him. I saw sports reporters saying that Josh Allen's opinion, uh, you know, should be discredited. That's not the way we should be talking about the vaccines. He's his own person and he should he should definitely have the right to say what he said. And in time, I'm sure he'll see that having a vaccine is probably the smartest decision, but it is his choice and his answer, again, I have no problem with. Carmen in Niagara Falls, you're on WBEN. Hi, how are you? Hey, doing good. What's going on? What's on your mind? Well, the people that are getting vaccinated that are under, say, under 40, pick that out of the hat, um, they really statistically have no risk from the um, COVID unless you have comorbidities. There's really no reason to get it. Well, I mean, there is some reason for people. Thanks for the call, Carmen. There is reason for people to get it. And that's why doctors have recommended getting the vaccine. If you have, especially if you have not been infected with the virus yet, the side effects there are, as we've talked about plenty of times, even earlier this week, there are, I mean, issues or there are reasons why you're having these side effects. And there are side effects to the vaccine. But in general, it's a mild side effect. Right. And then you have protection from COVID. And there is not a great risk, even if you are in any of these age groups approved. And that's talking about the vaccines that are uh, available here. So that's why the doctors are recommending that you get the vaccine. I think what Josh Allen here is saying is that I it doesn't matter to it's it's his own choice. And it's not it doesn't really matter to him what somebody else chooses with the vaccine. Right. And again, what Carmen said, yes, if you're under 40 and you don't have those comorbidities, COVID-19 most likely comorbidities. Gonna, what did I say? Co- co- you both said, <laughs> I don't even know what you said. You made up a word. <laughs> it's uh, it's makeup word hour. Um, but even under 40, yes, COVID might not be fatal. Right. But those around you, it might be fatal. So you could be taking the vaccine to protect those around you. And to protect yourself. I mean, who knows? We don't know the lasting effects of COVID-19. That's something we hear every morning on a new morning. We do a story about, hey, the long-lasting effects of COVID-19. So, no. Is it fatal to people under 40 that aren't in the high-risk group? No, it's not to this point. But the vaccine is more than just protecting you from COVID-19. It could protect those around you. Yeah. Um, it's looking at it, I guess my big thing that I, that anybody was talking about this is I just, I don't find myself caring at all what anybody no. else's you know, no. take on a, a vaccine is. I know mine is. I got vaccinated and, you know, it's, Joe, I don't care what you do. I, you know, right. and I'm, uh, I, I'm not really uh, invested in, in what other people uh, people should know where they can get the vaccine i think a lot of people do want it a lot of people should get it there's a lot of uh you know people who are very smart at what they do telling you that you should get vaccinated for the betterment of everybody and yourself because you don't want to get this i mean you don't want to get sick with anything no. you know, whether it's covid or anything and if there's something that can prevent that from happening to you uh, you want to try and do that at the same time, I just I'm not seeing why uh, so many people are kind of raising a stink about what somebody else is choosing to do. Brian, the flu's not fatal, and you and I went and got a flu well, shot. That's it is fatal. <laughs> not the people cases. our age. 
I, it depends on it has well, been. And COVID's the same way. COVID could be fatal. It's not likely to be fatal, but it could be the same way. People get flu shots every year. Same with the COVID vaccination, in my opinion. Again, make your own decision. Look at the statistics. But it, it, it's down to you. And like Brian said, I don't care what Josh Allen does. Is Josh Allen going to take the Bills to the Super Bowl? That's what I care about. Yeah. I do kind of care what Josh Allen does, though, more so than uh, anybody else. More so than uh, even you. Because like I said, again, I don't need him testing positive week 17 and uh, getting, <laughs> being on the COVID list. If Mitch that's Trubisky. still a thing this uh, this offseason or this uh, next year and missing a game, whether that's in the first round of the playoffs or week five. You've got a starting quarterback as your backup in Mitch Trubisky. So I think, you know, the Bills will be just fine. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> um, no, but I, it just amazes me that, that uh, such non-offensive comments, comments that are very innocuous – can be blown up to something where people all of a sudden have a problem of it. Right. Everybody has to have their take on it. When to me, if you're looking at all the comments made yesterday, the comments about turning our rest stops into a tourist destination, and that's why we have to completely rebuild every single one of them along the throughway. All 27. That is the far more offensive comment to me than anything that Josh Elm could have said about a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go to these throughway rest stops. I think they look pretty nice now. As Brian said, I go. I don't need them to look nice. I don't. I per, I do not think they look nice now, but I don't need them to look nice. Maybe I should re- re- rephrase my answer. Have you ever Acceptable. been into the bathroom and been like, you know, this is just it's. I'm sorry, it's too. Uh, I I can't pee in here. It's just too. No. Uh, it's too uh, ran, uh, ransacked. It's too. I see too many broken things. No, you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. Usually when I get to the thruway rest stop, I've been holding it for a while. And all I care about is going to the bathroom. As you said, getting a monster. I usually like to get goldfish at the thruway rest stop and get back on the road. Somebody said that they uh, took away the coffee. They had coffee vending machines. And now you basically have to go to like a Starbucks or McDonald's that's inside the rest stop if you don't want a cup of coffee. I know there's Tim Hortons at some of them. I, but still, the coffee vending machine is probably like a dollar. And it's quick. And aren't you there because you want to get back yeah. on the road? And I, you know, I, I want cheap dollar coffee, not necessarily <laughs> whatever we're going to get from, uh, I don't know. I just think that it, that that was the more offensive comments from yesterday. I didn't see anybody going also, crazy over that. They're also not looking at the top complaints. The top complaints aren't that... They need to be, you know, redone and more acceptable. The top complaints are, I have this Tim Hortons gift card. And you I can't, can't use them at the rest stop. <laughs> that, yeah. You want to talk about the top complaint. That is definitely <laughs> the number one complaint. That we, if they came out yesterday and said, all right, we're revamping the uh, rest stop so that the swipers at the uh, Tim Hortons will accept your gift card. That would have been met, met with a round of applause by anyone who's in the. You go to a rest stop after the holiday season. What's the number one huge sign on the counter? We do not accept Tim Hortons gift cards. And I'm telling you, that gets the most, the most groans of anything, maybe next to not having the dollar coffee. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of think so, too. I can't see, um, and I don't know. Teresa. My, Teresa. Teresa in West Seneca. You're on WBEN. Hi, uh, Brian. I, I've been listening to what you've been saying about Josh Allen, and I heard it yesterday, too. But I really feel the only reason that he lit up Twitter, and I don't follow Twitter or any of that, 
is because he expressed conservative values. He's not a sheep. So therefore, he has to be attacked. He has to be pounded into the board because he has to follow the left way of thinking. And that's what I feel. All right. Hey, Teresa, thanks for the uh, call. You know, I, I it is the it's not in line with what people generally say about a vaccine. If you say uh, that you're very excited, 100 percent, can't wait, everybody get vaccinated, that is generally the thing that nobody has an issue with and that doesn't get amplified. Uh, and, Teresa, you're right in saying that he just didn't say that. And he didn't even say don't get vaccinated. That's no. my uh, thing there. It's just there's such it's such a vanilla comment to, <laughs> to turn into any sort of a controversy even a small one at that that that's what i can't believe and he didn't say i'm going to not wear a mask you know getting rid of the masks i'm going to go out and live my life he said he made a point to say hey when i go out in public i make sure i have my mask i keep my distance he said but i'm going to look at the statistics and again like brian said he didn't tell anyone what to do and it's like if you don't if you don't preach to people what to do about the vaccine then people are going to go on Twitter, on social media, and they're going to say how awful of an example you're setting. But again, this is the choice you get. You know the risks of COVID-19, and we are learning if there are any risks to certain vaccines. It is your choice to make. Josh Allen, I think, said the responsible thing. And again, he said he wears his mask. He keeps his distancing. So it's not like he's going on there and saying, let's pack stadiums with 80,000 non-vaccinated people with no masks and no distance. That's not what he said. And I don't think there's anything irresponsible about Josh Allen's comments. Yeah, I, I just think he was trying to be like every athlete, right? He's trying to be as vanilla as possible, and yet somehow he ends up in the middle of uh, – I, I don't even know if it's right to call it a controversy. His name was trending on Twitter. You can – you can have like uh, you know fifty tweets and be trending on Twitter, but there is something offensive that's happened during this show, Brian. Someone just tweeted or texted in that they like the pretzel goldfish, and I'm sorry, nothing They're fine, nothing beats the standard cheddar goldfish when you get that salty goldfish taste mixed with the sweetness of a Monster Energy drink. Nothing beats it. There's uh, there's nothing. I, a pretzel goldfish is about as non-offensive as what Josh Allen had to say about vaccines. <laughs> I don't think That's there's true. anything wrong with a pretzel goldfish. It's not it's not my go-to. No. It kind of leaves your mouth a little dry yeah. right at the end. Um, I'm not a fan of pretzels. If I have a pretzel, it's got to be a combo. It's got to be a cheddar cheese combo. You don't like pretzels at all? I'm not a big – I like soft pretzels, but like just regular bag of pretzels? No, thanks. You won't? Oh, I could – Crush a bag of pretzels. No, no problem. It's, it wouldn't be my first go-to. But with every rest stop being completely revamped, I think <laughs> I would imagine they're going to have every single style of pretzel available. I think you'll be in good Super in pretzels. You'll have your soft pretzel, a combo pretzel, pretzel rods, sourdough twists, the little sticks. The peanut butter filled ones. I also like that. Even that. I mean, this is going to be like the uh, brand new uh, standard here when it comes to rest stops all <laughs> along the throughway. Hey, uh, thanks for being with us uh, for Beamaz and Beamer today on WBE. And, you know, we're, um, uh, by the way, what's the, do we have the cash code word for this hour? You still have a few minutes to text the word neighbor into 72881. You could win $1,000. Um yeah, and that that would be pretty good. $1,000 for listening to us. That'd be a nice payday. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Beamaz and Beamer on the Odyssey app and join us every morning 9 to 10 if you miss it on demand on the Odyssey app. We'll see you tomorrow.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 